1: And I want to bring in someone who is a great authority on this and also um a friend, Jason Chaffetz, member of Congress from two thousand eight, I think. He quickly rose to be the chair of the oversight committee in a embarrassingly fast way. I think it was his only his second his third term, I think, when he was already the chairman of that committee. He now is the author of books, including They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste and the Jason at Home Podcast. So I want to welcome to the show Jason Chaffetz. Jason, welcome aboard, pal.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. Good to chat with you.
1: It's my Happy pleasure. Holidays. It's my pleasure. To yeah. Same to you. A Merry Christmas. So, so Jason, you were the, you were the chair of the Oversight Committee, the new chair of the Oversight Committee, uh, a guy named Comer has announced that one of the first things they did, one of the first press conferences that the, the new Republican majority had was to announce they were going to pursue this Hunter Biden laptop case. And, um, I just want to, want to get your insight on whether you think whether you think the I mean, what do you think is at the crux of what the accusation is, not against Hunter Biden, because he's that's going to be prosecuted, not against Joe Biden, because, again, there, there is. Probably, but what do you think if you were going to do oversight on the FBI's role here, what would your focus be? What would your concern be?
0: Well, the FBI was given this laptop for months and months and months and months and evidently didn't really do anything about it. That That's not apparent. So that's the first question. OK, what did you do with it? But this task force that's set up that's supposed to be dealing with foreign intelligence operatives, you know, doing surreptitious things here in the United States, did you find anything? Did you charge anybody? Was there any violation? Where it starts to step over the line, having heard part of the report earlier before the commercial break, Anthony, is it ends up that they were using uh, violations of terms of service to make a suggestion that these people ought to be suppressed, their accounts ought to be looked at, if not taken down. Are you kidding me? We're using law enforcement to look at terms of service as opposed to breaking up the law? I mean, you know as well as anybody that under Section 230, Twitter has liability protections. And they, they, they aren't in violation of the law by reprinting or uh, disseminating this information so what exactly fbi were you looking at and doing and why did you have this dragnet of people out there and again we're just looking at at you know talking about twitter there's all these other social media companies out there too wait till they start peeling back facebook and everybody else it really does seem like it was an effort to change the direction of an
1: election but let me let me just just ask you couple. first of all you said what did you find? Well, two dozen Russian operatives were have indictments hanging over their heads right now. After the Mueller report found that, that I mean, they were that we have been charges for for trying to influence the election of two thousand sixteen.
0: Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff they should be doing. Amen. Hats off to you. More power to you. Let's let's get that going. Do it.
1: Well, so are...
0: great. But then they ramped it up. And as the Twitter files show that Elon Musk is unveiling, not only did you have 80 FBI agents, you had the CIA, you had other departments and agencies in there. In fact, James Baker, who used to be the general counsel at the FBI, it makes comments about how many different government agencies are coming at Twitter saying, "Hey, you got to do this, you got to do that, you want to do this, don't do that."
1: Well, I, I'm not and sure, I but I don't. I'm not sure. Let, let, let's try to get to the bottom of this part of it. Yeah, we were throwing all kinds of government resources on trying to avoid what happened when our country was effectively, effectively attacked in a cyber way in 2016. Yeah, the Senate report, House, the Senate report with Democrats and Republicans agreed. The the, the the National Security Council was involved. Yeah, we had a lot of people working on this issue because of the threat that we had seen come to pass in 2016. What is – you say there's 80 and there's more than one agency, but is the, the question comes down to what they were trying to do was to warn these companies that their commercial companies were being used as, t- as tools against our citizenry. Why isn't that exactly what they should be doing?
0: Because when they're talking about and they're sending spreadsheets of people they believe violated terms of service, that's not their job. That, that's a whole different thing That then, what is the law that you think they were breaking?
1: So are you Who okay?
0: You charge? I'm not aware of anybody being charged or well, anybody being above and beyond that. I'm talking in this latest batch in the latest round over the last several years. I think it's a legitimate question. If you're going to throw so many resources at this Federal Bureau of Investigation and all these other department agencies, what did you come up with? Who did you charge? What laws were being broken?
1: Well, I I, I hear you. And as it turned out, the same way that we found out that the Hunter Biden laptop was a legitimate thing and it wasn't something from foreign interference, it did have all the trappings of it at the time, didn't it? I mean, you had – one media outlet that had it, they wouldn't share it with any others. Members of the United States Congress passed on it because they didn't think it was legitimate.
0: Well, you, wait, stop right there. Yep. Stop right there. Part of the reason members of Congress were reluctant to take possession is that the allegation was that it it contained child pornography. And if it has child pornography and you're in a possession, you're in violation of law.
1: Well, no, at, at, so at, at the time – right, That's at the,
0: why the question goes back to the Federal Bureau – where the and says what is the disposition of this? What is going on with this? But there are so many things and factoids that were in there that were never in doubt. Nobody denied them. Hunter Biden didn't even deny them.
1: Well, the so whole, but the the a, the but the but let's let's just remember just to to get to the crux of of, of my point, which is that it, how what a suspicious way that this was being dealt with. You know the the the. the Washington Post and New York Times, who both did stories at the time, this mythology that other outlets didn't do stories is, is just not true, but they said, we can't confirm any of this because no one will give us a copy of the laptop. That was suspicious, wasn't it?
0: So what is wrong, as we are talking specifically about Twitter, is that a legitimate news organization is doing cover stories about this. They're not allowed to, to disseminate it on Twitter, even though Twitter has, under Section Two Hundred and Thirty, they're they're immune from the liability of it, and people aren't allowed to pass it around and talk about it. And it ends up that it was true.
1: Hundred percent, Twitter did the wrong thing. But getting back to what I'm saying about the yeah. appearance that this, how this looked at the time. You see, because part of what, part of what, you know, you know, I don't know if you heard my introduction. My introduction is that the left is ignoring it when they shouldn't, when this is a legitimate issue, and the right is creating conspiracy theories when the actual story is pretty bad. And the actual story about what's in there about Hunter Biden, what's in there about, about his, his behavior, what's in there about fi- things that he didn't file, bank statements and like the amount that he was trading on his father's name and all that stuff. The stuff about the conspiracy to keep it quiet. You know, I guess my fundamental point is that in many ways people were acting as the way you might act if you were on high alert for foul play. And we were at that time. Wouldn't you agree?
0: I think there is a place to put out such a warning, but it is not the place for them to suppress the story and do it in such a way to shut people down. And it wasn't just about the laptop. It was about COVID. I mean, the the information that's coming out right now, you have doctors citing double-blind stories. You have, you know, Harvard medical uh, doctors out there being suppressed, Stanford medical doctors. Not being able to challenge what the CDC is saying and so, being labeled as. I as, know, as, but, but that's it's,
1: okay. That's wrong. So, if wrong or right? It's a private company. They can decide for themselves that they don't want stuff on their then platform. Why does the federal government come
0: in and push them to do it? No,
1: hold on a second. Let's, let's, let's make a distinction here. That, that the, the FBI in all of the Twitter emails that I, all the Twitter texts that I have found, and by the way, if you really want to be transparent, Elon Musk, Release it all. Don't give me, like, texted a a tweet at a time from some reporter that you like. Release it all. We don't know what's in there. But for now, all we've seen is the FBI saying this looks suspicious, this looks suspicious. Listen, no different than if the FBI went to a power company and said, hey, we've seen some traffic along the grid that looks suspicious. Be on the lookout for it. That's the way it looks to me. I mean, you can't get me into an argument that Twitter should have banned them. I don't think they should have. But Twitter, if they want to not have a, a, um, anti-vaxxers on because they think it's bad business, well, that come on—you're you, a libertarian Republican.
0: Do you really think it is the role funded funded by the American taxpayers, by you and me paying taxes, for them to go in and start to push people because they don't like that it is against the current government, which happened to be the Biden administration, and in in coming out of the Trump administration? Do you really think that that's where our federal department and agency – come on, they're the regulator. They're wearing badges. This is the FBI. But, Jason, CIA Jason, all
1: come the world. time, time immemorial, people have been calling up publishers of newspapers and editors and saying, I don't like this story. Change it. That, that's what Twitter is now. And, and 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 by the way, the Twitter files showed you had Republicans and Democrats that had back doors to, to the to the Twitter brass, more Democrats. That's true. But but all, but the point is, we have this expectation like Twitter is like somehow immune to having people call them up and say, hey, this is full of baloney. Take it down. Yeah, they can take it down or not. They're probably, And they now
0: are, they are immune. Yeah. Under Section 230, they are immune from from any of the liability. They are. No, no, they totally
1: what, they they, they totally about, are. They I
0: What I want you to appreciate is it almost always goes against Republicans and conservatives. I mean, it's just a stat, but 98 plus percent of Twitter employees, if they made a political donation, it went to a Democrat. Hmm. OK, so they're they're left leaning. Why is it always the suppression of conservatives and
1: Republicans? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, now now you have a right leaning guy. Who's, who's suppressing the left side? So that's his. I don't mind it that much. So I don't think he's suppressing us. Well, I he's, he's kicking. He's kicking off the Washington Post, the New York Times, MSNBC. Keith Overman, come on.
0: Keith Overman, that, that that's not what he, he's using his dog's account. Come on, he's <laughs> on their device.
1: So listen, Jay, really appreciate you to tell us a little bit what is on the Jason in the House podcast this week.
0: Clay Travis, he does OutKick. He's a Fox News contributor, but he's he's really into the world of sports. I like going in and diving into. How did people create this? How did they build it? Why did they think, you know, what were the experiences they had in life to get to the success that they had? That's what the Jason in the House podcast is all about. And it's uh, it's just a fun way to look back and say, wow, that's amazing. That's a great story.
1: It's it's a really great podcast. I'm a subscriber. I encourage everyone to, who listens, if you want to follow Jason on Twitter, he's not shadow banned. I am. He's, at, at, Jason, <laughs> <laughs> he's at, at Jason in the House, someone who I always thought was too smart for the House of Representative. Jason Chaffetz, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Always good to chat
1: with you. All right. Take care, pal. And when we when you come back, we'll uh, take some calls. And I'm sure you're going to agree with me and not Jason. I'll see you on the other side.